Welcome to the Intentional Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Ange Barnard, and today we are talking about you not giving up when things get hard, you not losing hope when things don't seem to be working out, and you not losing faith in your bigger dream. That's what we're talking about today. So if we flip that to the positive, we are talking about you staying committed to your vision. That thing that God has placed on your heart, you staying committed to that, even when you don't see things working out. That's what we're talking about today. Now, I felt so called to share this message with you. Because yesterday, I found myself feeling really discouraged about some of the dreams that I've been pursuing. I feel like I've been doing a lot of work on a variety of things, and I'm not seeing the fruits of that labor yet. And sometimes I find myself feeling like I just want to give up. You know, I'm like, like, what's the point? I don't really know what I'm doing. Things seem not to be working out. Like, right, the mind trash gets It builds up. The trash builds up in the mind, especially when you do not see things working out. And I see this all the time with my career coaching clients, where is like we get clear in the vision and you start to pursue that vision, right? And it takes time to see those results. Like amazing things don't just happen overnight. There's work that was put in. Like God is working on those things. If you think about farms, right, farmland, there's this whole process of us to see the fruit or the vegetable, whatever it is, so that we can actually eat the thing. There's a lot that goes into that, you know, getting the dirt ready, planting the seeds, all the watering, and then, you know, um, continuous watering and not even knowing if anything is going to grow and waiting Right. This is like how the world works. Right. And a lot of us in this world today want everything so fast, so fast. And I feel like the enemy really plays on that, like our desire to want everything right now. And then lets us like wants us to spiral into doubt, wants us to give up or wants us to be distracted by other things and and think like, oh, well, this thing isn't going to work out. So I'm going to shift my focus to this thing and like play that game where we're like scattered all over the place and thinking, well, maybe this will work out. And then you start working on this other thing and you don't invest enough time into it for you to see the fruits of your labor, right? You don't hold out. You don't wait long enough. And you just right away, you're like, it's not working. So let me try something else. And then we're all over the place with this distracted energy And I feel like that is the work of like the enemy nowadays, you know, and there's so many things out there to distract us from being committed to the vision. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this topic is because I just feel like too many people give up before you see the fruits of your labor, you know, you just give up. And I don't want to be that person, but I found myself feeling that way yesterday. And I was like, I need this message of hope. I need this message of faith. And I need to keep trusting. When it comes to intentionally designing your life, I talked about the four steps to the process. You clarify your vision. You act like the person you want to be. You recruit the people that you need to help you be that person. 
and you trust. And the hardest part of it all is the last piece, is to trust. You know, as you, when you do not see things happening. Okay, so I have a quick story to tell you. Um, I, so when we moved to this new home in Indiana, one of the first things that we brought with us was a banana tree. So we're living in South Carolina. My husband is obsessed with plants and he loves banana trees. He loves like the feeling of tropical stuff, you know, the tropical vibes. And in rural Indiana, it's not a tropical vibe, okay? So he wanted to, to you know, he wants to intentionally design his life. So he wants to set up that tropical vibe. So he packs his banana trees. And we bring him to Indiana. And the first thing he did, he even asked the last guy who owned our house, he asked him if he could come earlier to plant this banana tree. Because at the time, he was hiking the Appalachian Trail. And he's like, I, I want to, like, I'm... He got off the trail to, to move and all that. And he's like, can I just get there and just like plant this tree? And the guy's like, OK, cool, whatever. So he goes out there, he plants his tree, very first thing he does. And then, you know, he's thinking about the winter. He knows that this is not the best climate for banana trees. And he had to be very intentional about how he protected this banana tree over the winter. So... The winter came and what he did was he got all the straw and all the stuff and like put it all around the tree and was just like hoping and praying that this worked because he wanted to see this tree again. Right. Come spring. Spring rolls around. There is no sign of this tree at all. And uh, he's like, I'm pretty sure it died. And I was like, yep, it's gone. Like, that's where my mind went. And I'm like, sorry, honey. You know, I know you tried, but he's gone. And he was really disappointed. And then he like, I, I had him this little area where I had him set up, like pull out all the weeds. And then it's like this little square space that's in our backyard and um, just fill it up with some plants and then put some mulch and stuff around it, make it cuter than what it was. It was like Hot Mess Express before. There's like random things there. There was like corn in there, which made no sense. There was like strawberries. It was just funny because it was like really random. But anyways, um, so I had him fix that up and uh, that's where his banana tree was. So when he put the weed barrier down, he left a spot open right above where the tree was. Even though, y'all, this is like end of May, we still don't see any sign of the tree at all. Mind you, every other plant is coming in. Like you would think you'd see like just like a little piece of it coming up. No, but he didn't lose hope. He left that weed barrier part away from that. And then one morning I made him breakfast and he's like looking out the window and I see him jump up, run outside. And he's like looking at this little plant. And I thought it was a weed that he's, he went to go pull or something. And he was like, I'm like, what are you doing? So I opened up the door and he's like, my banana tree. And he was like so excited, like a little kid on Christmas. And it was like literally like two inches of this, not even, probably like an inch of like this little green leaf coming out. And I was like, are you sure that's what it is? And he's like, I know this is my banana tree. And now the thing is growing. And so it made it through winter. It did not look like this thing was going to make it. Like every other plant came in. And I said like, honey, if if it was going to come in, it would have already came in by now because like every other plant is here. But he did not lose hope. And that thing came in. 
And it just that story just makes me think about our lives and how so many of us lose hope because we don't see anything. And a lot of times we get into this comparison game, you know, like we look around, we're like, oh, well, it's working out for everybody else. You know, it's like all the other plants are coming in. So must not it must not be working out for me. You know, we make up this story. And I even found myself in that space yesterday where just energetically that catabolic energy was kicking in. And I think too being tired because physically whatever's going on in your life, like that affects your energy and your perspective. And I've just been really tired because I've been like on the go crazy. And um, speaking of that, this morning, I really sat down and was doing my morning pages. I want to get back into my morning routine because it makes me feel so good. And I was just like writing out, journaling, and um, just thinking just how much I needed to get back into that routine. And I don't know if you feel that way too, especially with like the summer. It just seems like there's a lot of, for us at least, there's a lot of like family activities. There's just a lot of events. There's just things happening. And it's so easy to get out of your routines that really serve you. So I just want to encourage you to check in with yourself and see like, do I need to go back to doing the things that I know make me feel good? And maybe it's a mini version of those things, like five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Remember in the past, I used to talk about the 15 minutes for yourself in the morning, five minutes of movement, five minutes of mindfulness, five minutes of mastery, just anything to move yourself forward. It could be like you plan the day. It could be like five minutes of like you move your body. I used to do my five minute exercises and it really got my energy up. And then I would take five minutes of mindfulness. And to me, that was journaling or like devotional or prayer. And then five minutes of what me moving something forward that I want to move forward. And usually with that time, I would just pull out my planner and like get a little intentional about what I'm actually focusing on that day. And that those 15 minutes game changer for me gets my energy higher. And the reason I bring this up is because when our energy dips to those lower states, like where we get that catabolic energy kicking in, it is so easy to think that everything sucks. You know, it's like things are not working out for me. Like I don't see any evidence of it. And it's like because you feel like you're tired, your energy is lower. It changes your perspective. It's kind of like being hangry. You know, you're hungry. You start to get angry about it. You know, you're hot. It's the physical environment is affecting your energy. It also affects your perspective. So the thing is, is like, like what are the things that you need to be doing to keep that energy higher as you pursue your dreams? This is why the health stuff is so important. Those habits, those morning habits, so important because you already gonna, you already are going to be attacked as you pursue your dreams, period. You are going to be attacked. And if you are somebody who wants to do amazing things in this world, you are on the list to be attacked. Your mind, um, your endeavors that you're, you're working on, your, your relationships, all of that stuff, like you are prime target because you are someone who is trying to do amazing things in this world. And that is not what the enemy wants. This is the thing is like I used to when people used to talk about like the enemy, you know, it's like the enemy is targeting you and wants to attack you. I'd be like, mm, I will. You know, I'd be like, OK, whatever, you know. And now I really feel like we are in a spiritual battle. Like it really is. I really feel like that is true. And I feel like the way that he attacks us is with like this doubt, making it so we lose hope, making us look at what everybody else has and make up some stupid lie that like God doesn't have something amazing for us. 
because it hasn't happened yet. But it's all what's happening for them. Like I was feeling like that yesterday. I was looking around and I get into the stupid like I need to stay off social media, to be honest, because I can go into these rabbit holes where I'm like, oh, should I even be doing this podcast? Like, does anyone even care or listen? Like, that's where sometimes my mind goes, where I'm like, I don't have a million followers. But let's be real, like I, I don't really work on that as much and I'm not as obsessed with being on social media but like when I'm scrolling like those things can happen in my mind and it makes me sometimes think like these thoughts pop in where it's like well what's the point Ange maybe you should just not be doing it like this is me being really vulnerable and telling you like these are the things that I struggle with like this happens in my mind and I really feel like it's the work of the enemy it's like to hold you back and I just got to remember like that like I have a purpose here, just like you, just like everybody. And it's like my path is my path. Like I don't need to be comparing myself to what anybody else is doing because God is using me in a different way. Like I have a different purpose here. And the same is true for you. So watch the stupid comparison game that all of us play because I feel like that is like a tool that the enemy uses. It's like, oh, this person has this. And it makes it so that you forget your blessings. Don't you dare forget your blessings. Because there's so many amazing things that you have in your life. You know, think about the people that you love. Like, just picture them in your mind right now. Like, the fact that you have these people to love so much and that you laugh with and you have fun with. And the friendships or the relationships that you have. Like, what a blessing because so many people don't have that. You know, the health that you have. Like, so many people would give so much money to have your health. To be able to move like you can move. You know, to be able to even go buy whatever you want to buy. Like some of us, like I remember back in the day when I didn't have the money to fill my gas tank up all the way, you know, like way back in the day. And now it's like, I don't think twice about it. It's like, it's always like if I go to the gas station, I'm filling my gas tank up all the way. Like I don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. If I want a kombucha, I'm going to go get a kombucha, even if it's five, six dollars, wherever I'm at. Right. I'm going to go get that Um, uh, coffee, whatever it is. Like, I'm going to do that. Like, I I don't have, I don't question that anymore. Before, that was like, that would like break the bank hardcore for me. And now I just got to remind myself that like where I'm at in my life, what a blessing that I get to do those things. Because a lot of people can't do that, you know, given where they're at. And another thing I just read, side note, um, recently was someone posted, I can't remember who this was, but they said something about um, not like if, if, a $5 purchase brings you so much joy. Don't question that purchase. And my scarcity mindset used to like do that. I'd be like, eh, should I get that? Should I? And I'd be like, now I'm like, that brings me joy. And the, the not that I want to be reckless with my money. You know, I'm not going out and like, I don't know, like buying things all the time, every day, like eating out constantly. That might be a lie. Actually, I do eat out quite a bit because, guys, I live in rural Indiana. And let me just be real. The cost of food here, like if we go out to eat, it's super cheap. Like when I actually do the math, I'm like, I couldn't have made that salad for $9. Like tonight, I was thinking about pulling out grilled chicken for my husband. It's been a while since I've like really cooked at the house because we've been airbnb and we're always gone. And it's just like I'm always having to pull things out of the fridge and all the things. So anyways, I was like, should I make um, grilled chicken and salad? Because I know that's what he really wants. And he's been tired, like zombie going to work because we've just been on the go like crazy. And I'm like, yeah, let me make some food for him. But when I did the math, I was like, okay, if I go get the salad, I do all this stuff and I get the grilled chicken and whatever. I'm like, I could just go buy the salad. Like it actually saves me. I think I want to do an experiment and see because it's like 
Yeah. So sometimes I feel like that is helpful. That's a rant. What was the point of that? I don't know. Um, there was a point to, to the madness. Oh, but I was saying in a nutshell, I'm not reckless with my money. I'm intentional with my money. But I also don't want to like be in my head about little things that are going to bring me joy. Because the thing is, is like that energy shift is worth so much to me. Because if I get something and it really brings me true, true joy where I'm like, I really got to sit here and cherish this cup of coffee, right? And enjoy this moment and it made me feel really good. That energy that I carry with me for the rest of the day is so powerful. Who knows what else I'm going to attract into my life or how much joy I'm going to bring to someone else that started with that $5 cup of coffee or whatever it is. So I just changed my perspective around it where I'm not questioning those little things. Um, and when I think about it too, when it comes to wealth, like if we really study people who are very wealthy um, to our definition, they don't worry about the $5 coffee. You know, like I know Dave Ramsey and I, I okay, I have done financial peace. I actually really like listening to Rachel Cruz and Dave Ramsey. I feel like some things sometimes I'm like so blunt, so blunt though. Dave Ramsey is. Um, anyways, where I'm like, what? Like sometimes I feel like it was said a little mean, but I also like that part of him that he is bold and he's blunt about how he feels and he's courageous, um, takes a stance for what he believes in. You know, I like that piece of him. Um, but anyways, the concepts like that, you know, it's all about like being intentional with your you know, your money and saving and they may be like, don't go out every day and buy a five dollar coffee and stuff. But I feel like that's that has to do with where you're at, you know, financially and what makes sense for you. Like, I don't have to worry about that as much anymore because I can afford that. Right. And I've, I'm very intentional with money. I don't I paid off three hundred thousand dollars of student debt, you know, like I'm intentional. I can get the coffee now and we don't have to be scarcity mindset anymore. So I'm just checking in with myself on some of those things and other people that I'm following the way they think. It's like, no, we're not ma- we're not becoming wealthy by cutting out $5 coffees. Like we're becoming wealthy by investing in things that make us money. So it's like this abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. And I want to watch that in myself. And I don't know if you struggle with that at all. I know a lot of us have struggles with that. Um But I know a lot of my stuff comes from childhood things and I'm still reprogramming a lot of stuff in there. Anyways, is this relative to the topic that we're talking about today? Um, The whole point of this started with the story about the mandatory and not to lose hope when you don't see the fruits of your labor just yet. There's like the bamboo tree, you know, that takes four years to grow. You don't see anything. I think it's the Chinese bamboo tree. I could be totally wrong. But you don't see anything. Like you don't even see evidence. But you have to keep watering it for years before that thing just sprouts up. But once it comes up, it comes up and it skyrockets. I feel like that is happening for a lot of us. Like God is doing work in the places that you don't see. In the seeds, like the root system under the ground that you don't see. Don't lose faith. Because that's what the enemy wants you to do. And I feel like if you just keep pursuing what it is that you want, it's going to happen for you. And I bet you the timing that it does happen is so much better for you in a way that you don't know. Because he's preparing something better for you and preparing you to be the right kind of person to receive that. And maybe there's work that needs to be done so you are fully ready to receive that. 
there was, I always say this, it's like, I'm so glad I met my husband when I did. Because had I met him earlier in my life, I don't think I would have been able to maintain that relationship just because of who I was back then. You know, like I didn't have that level of confidence, the maturity, like none of that. Like I had to go through some stuff to be able to be the person to receive that kind of relationship. And I felt like God knew that he was working on my heart and my mind. Right. And I would have had I known that I was always like I remember the days I used to live in my my own house in Holland, Michigan. And um, I remember the bat the days of crying on the bathroom floor situations, you know, where it's like everybody's with someone except me, you know, like I felt like that. And I, I can look back and be like, oh, so grateful, so grateful that God like took that bad relationship out of my life. And like I remained faithful during, the, during those times where I didn't see anything happening, you know, and then I was able to meet someone that I really love and be able to create an amazing life together. And I'm so happy that I didn't give up on like God. I didn't give up on continuing to work on myself and move forward. And I just feel like I really need this message right now because I think the things in my heart, like a lot of things I'm working on, it's like I can just find myself getting discouraged, as I've already said a million times. And I need this is a message for myself is like to tell myself, I can't don't forget all the times that God has moved for you in the past. Right. Don't forget that all the work that he's done for you in the past, because so many do like they don't remember all of the other stuff where he showed up. Right. But for me, I really believe that everything is happening for me. I know that to be true. It's sometimes hard for me to say that when things suck, because I'm like, how the heck is this happening for me? How? I don't see it. But I just always see God using it for good and something amazing coming in later. Right. And that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be a person that has faith during the hard stuff. Because those are the people that I admire the most. Really. Not the ones that can be all happy and joyful and all that when things are going great. Because it's really easy to be that way when things are going great. But when things are going hard, can you bring the joy to the situation? Can you keep your faith? Can you stay disciplined when it gets hard? Those are the kind of people I admire. I was just doing a podcast interview yesterday with one of my friends who came and visited and he has a podcast called the ready room I don't I think it's what it's called you have to look it up if I'm saying it is it the ready room something like that but he has ready room coffee you're gonna hear me talk about it more oh my goodness his coffee is amazing it's so smooth you go to ready room coffee um dot com or just google it you're gonna find it and he's a pilot and he designed this coffee that is just delicious Anyway, it's like my new favorite coffee. I'll be constantly ordering from him and sending gifts and all the things. And we've been talking about doing uh, an intentional blend of the coffee. But anyways, my point is, is that he loves hearing stories. And on his podcast, he's always interviewing people that have gone through some crap, you know, and he's like telling me all these stories. And I'm like, why do we love those stories so much? It's like because like those are the people we admire when it's like you went through some crap. And you made it through in the other end. And then you have this amazing story of what happened after the fact. Like stories aren't that cool when we're like, yeah, I had a dream and I just got it. Just flowed in my life. Just came in. It's like, who wants to hear that story? I mean, that's cool. We all say we want that. But really, like the best stories are when we see evidence of how God turned something into something like a bad into something what we consider bad into amazing. Right. 
or someone overcame something that was challenging and it led to something so amazing. Those are the best stories to tell or how something crazy worked out in like this weird way and like these connections like that that someone can you can't argue that that was a coincidence like whoa crazy story like we love those stories I love those stories with my clients where we like set their vision and then all of a sudden it's like they keep working and pursuing it and then they maybe they get discouraged along the way but then some random person reaches out of the blue where they sit next to this person on the plane and they have exactly the opportunity they're looking for like that kind of stuff it's like God showed up in that and I think a lot of times that happens all the time I feel like that happens because we are faithful Ooh, let me I got something that I got to share with you let's read this because I was reading it earlier it says um this is about this is in Joshua 124 so just hear this out like as a story Okay, let me go down. So 40 years of wandering in the wilderness have brought Israel to stand upon a mountaintop overlooking the land of promise. Every Israelite over 20 years of age when they left Egypt under Moses' leadership was now dead, except for three people, Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. All the others had died without realizing their cherished blessing. Why? What caused the Israelites who left Egypt by God's power to lose their privilege of setting foot upon the promised land? What caused them to lose their privilege of setting foot upon the promised land? What what caused that? Um, it says here, in formulating an answer, remember that God never breaks a promise. Forty years before this time, God had told the children of Israel, I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to you. For an inheritance, I am the Lord. It says God always keeps his promises. He has power to make them and he has power to fulfill them. Some doubt this fact. Some doubt that. The initial company of the Israelites who departed from Egypt did so with reluctance. Bad as things were in Egypt, the known seemed better than the unknown to those who lacked faith. Can we say that again? Bad as things were in Egypt, the known seemed better. The known seemed better than the unknown to those who lacked faith. How many people freaking stay in situations that suck because it's known to them, right? And they lack faith around what could be better. I was just talking to a client about this where um, he was concerned about taking on an opportunity because he was thinking about all the things he would lose, you know, because there was like risk involved, the potential risk of what could happen. I might lose my network. I might lose whatever it is. Right. And I told him, don't let your doubt kill your possibilities. And I also said, shift your brain to looking at what you'll gain. What amazing things will come from this? Because the mind was going to all the things that would be that would suck, that would be lost. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to focus on those things, the risks that you're taking, what could go wrong, right? Where God has greater promises for you and where the faith comes in is like you noticing, like you f- making your brain focus on what could be possible for you, what could happen for you, given who you know who God is and what he wants for you in abundant life. Okay, so it says here, 
During their 40 years of desert wandering, the children of Israel alternately blessed and cursed the name of God. When he showed them miracles, they humbled themselves. When the tests and rigors of desert life became difficult, they hardened their hearts in anger and resentment. How many of us are doing that when stuff is getting hard? We're getting angry. We're getting resentful. We're getting doubtful, right? Instead of keeping the faith and being like, okay, this is a part of it. You know, I'm still going to work through it. No one gets to something absolutely amazing without going through the hard stuff in between. They forgot his power. Hear that. They forgot his power. And they trembled in fear at the thought of facing the Canaanites. In so doing, they lost their privilege to enter the land of promise. What caused them to lose their privilege to enter the land of promise? Forgetting his power. Forgetting what God can do in all circumstances. Trembling in fear, letting fear get the best of them. That is what caused them to lose their privilege of the promised land. So I just think about that for you. It's like, don't be like that, right? Like, don't let your fear get the best of you. Don't let your doubt kill, kill your possibilities. Don't lose hope. Keep the faith. Remember the power of God and what he can do in any circumstance. He can turn it around immediately, right? We doubt so much, especially in the career space. We doubt so much about what opportunities could come our way. I don't have the experience. Um, I can't find that kind of opportunity that would give me that flexibility and that freedom. No one would want to work with me, blah, blah, whatever, all the things that we make up. It's like, do you remember who God is? Do you remember what God created here? What he can do at any time, all the miracles? This is nothing, nothing, right? So don't lose the faith. Remember his power, what he's done for you in the past. That's the whole point of this. Um, okay, that's it, y'all. I hope you really enjoyed this impromptu episode because I wasn't planning on recording this. I just picked up the mic because I felt like I needed to say this. All right. I hope you're having an amazing summer. If you've been liking the show and you haven't left us a review yet, please do so. Have a blessed day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.